And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, hi, everybody. Here we are on a Wednesday, still alive. Zuckerman's still alive, unfortunately, sitting across from me, already annoying me. We have a terrific show for you uh, in a minute. The father of the new Bronco, Dave Perakak. Don't laugh, Zuckerman. Dave Perakak, who is the uh, Andreas Pruniger, really, of Ford. He's uh, the Ford icon guy, Ford GT, Mustangs, all sorts of cool stuff. I believe that electric uh, mock deal, the mock, the mock, mock E, the mock E. I believe he did that. But uh, first, I wanted to dig into this <clears throat> Petrolicious story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. No allergy shots Every during show. the pandemic. Um, I wanted to dig into this uh, Petrolicious story. So we've invited Hannah Elliott here, who's with us now. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Um, and she's going to take us through it because I kind of have a glancing knowledge of what happened here. All, all I kind of know is... Uh, the, there's a great site called Petrolicious. If you don't know it, Petrolicious.com. I've been featured on it. They shoot uh, cinematic, beautiful car videos as well as selling cars now and merch, uh, high-end kind of car content. Um, drive tastefully. Hashtag drive tastefully was their, was their slogan. Yeah. And here's my entry point into this, Zuckerman. You called me at one point and said there's a kid who takes pictures of cars in the Malibu kitchen who noticed, and I don't know if this is true or not, but Hannah's going to tell us, who noticed that the founder of Petrolicious was posting some covertly racist and kind of openly racist stuff on social media. Okay, that's, no, I heard, not from a kid who takes pictures at the Malibu Kitchen, but I just heard through the grapevine. I thought someone was DMing you. Somebody did DM me, and somebody... But that kid didn't start this whole thing off. No. I okay. I, I'm not going to say that, but somebody messaged me about it uh, and, and told me about it. Go ahead. And some of it was in the guise of... I have to be careful. Some of it was in the guise of a quick legal consultation, which uh, about about... Mm, laws about libel, slander, defamation, that kind of thing, which I then said, I don't do that. Uh, I'm a personal injury lawyer. That's like asking <laughs> the foot doctor about your brain tumor. I don't know, but I gave s some general information, my observations about it. That's how okay. the story came to my attention. And then I said to you, if you heard anything and about this. And I said, this. no, I haven't. I go, what are you talking about? And then honestly, I thought, well, that's going to be the end of it because this is the, the, the stuff that I read from a very small percentage of my neighbors on the next door app. These comments that I, I can't understand that are just tone deaf at this moment. Okay, so here we are. We're at that moment, right? Was this in June? When no, this, this, when, or this was really just June. shortly before you called me. Yes. So, okay, so this, when you were, became aware of that, this was two weeks ago. Yes, Okay. It was right before your article came out okay. where I had okay. no idea this was going to be that big of a deal or that, yeah. by the way, the car community was going to rise up against it 
and and you know put this guy's head on a pipe. Within days, what? So, but uh, we, what, what but, the rumor we started to see the posts were starting yeah. to be publicized shortly thereafter. Spike. Yeah, right. Well, and that was social media started driving the yeah. yes the issue. Okay, that's so. when things changed because Afshin, who was the founder of Petrolicious. You know, you can go back to 2016 and see that he was posting similar content in 2016 on a private Facebook page. You know, friends and close acquaintances would see this type of posting. And he identifies as a small government libertarian. So extremely conservative views, which, of course, is not illegal. Um, And everyone's entitled to their own opinion. It was a private Facebook page. Um, Around the end of June those posts became more aggressive and targeted specifically toward the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, And that's when you started to see some posts that said, you know, for instance, do black babies' lives matter? Things that are extremely offensive offensive to most people. Now, in Um, that moment, though, and, um, you know, I'm thinking about at this moment, I'm watching people on next door do this all over the place, like nice old ladies and other stuff posting similar comments. You have George Floyd's murder happening. Right. You have the world protesting that murder. You have criminals kind of using peaceful protesters to loot and pillage. Right. You have police beating protesters, but not really going after the criminals looting. That's correct. And then you have a bunch of fearful people, and I would guess mostly fearful uh, white people, old white people going, they're going to come into my house and they're going to come and get me. Remember, yeah. I think our friend. Our and that's, friend. wait, let me just finish. And, I, and that's where I noticed on the, at least the local social media infrastructure mm-hmm. ecosystem, people started just coming out of the, getting on their computers and starting to write. And throwing around terms like domestic terrorism comparing the BLM to domestic terrorism. What happens, I think, is that you can't get your news or your information or your polemics from certain, from certain organizations, from certain media, which will tell you, be careful, they're going to come for you next, our friend yeah. Tucker Carlson said. Or, and, and as you point out, Spike, it's, it was like a giant buffet of activity. There was activity from good to bad on all sides of the spectrum. And so people could pick and choose what they wanted from this buffet to satisfy what their appetite or their, or their ideological appetite yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah. but there was a lot of tension. Yes. There was a lot of tension. And, and there were a lot of people writing about it. And, and, you know, again, most people were on the right side of things. Well, being like, hey, a guy was killed and the, the African-American community is had enough right of course and i think we should know all of this is exacerbated by the whole pandemic there's a lot of pent-up stress (laughs) we've all been sitting at home going crazy and people who are already inclined to be you know reading media alone in their basement and going crazy (laughs) down rabbit trails in their head that's going to be whipped up even more so Right. By the past three months since March that we've all been sitting home alone. So in this environment, he st- starts to really up the ante and really kind of get aggressively. It, I mean, yeah, it I, takes I don't a know turn. the difference but really between the openly race. It sounds <laughs> just like racism to me. His comments just seem like uh, I'm making some racist comments, whatever my reasons are. And now I'm putting them out in public for you to read. Yeah, it takes a turn. And, you know, some of it is... Uh, 
it might be like a dog whistle type thing right. um, to certain to certain groups where you could probably say, oh, that's not racist on the face, but it it justifies racism and it sort of is a signal right. um, to like minded individuals. So it did take a turn after the George Floyd murder, after the protests and the riots, which are two different things. Right. And I, and Even I lived downtown. I, I wore my press badge and went down and observed the protests, which were different than what happened at night, which I also heard you know, for weeks, the blast, the helicopters, all that it happened a half mile from where I live. Two different things. Right. So after all this, it did take a turn. A couple people texted me screenshots um, in, in the middle of June saying, are you aware of this is happening on Facebook? You know, it's a private page, but geez, like, can you believe it? So I started to get like text messages. Like, do you see this? And I, you know, I, I'm not friends with him on Facebook or anything. So I just said, wow, that's surprising. Um, I mentioned it to my editor in June, middle of June. And mm. the feeling at the time was, oh, that's distasteful. Probably not a national Drive news story. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is not driving tastefully. Good Zuckerman. That is there not you go. driving tastefully. <clears throat> but you know, probably not Drive a, a national. Yeah. yeah, not a national news story at that right, point. Right. Um, you know, the my editor is someone who lives in New York City who who until recently didn't own a car. You know, he's not a right, car guy. Right. So to try to explain to him, no, it's a big deal in the car world. It it hadn't crossed over quite yet. Um, it's yeah. interesting. It's, so, did your editor like just not get things that you guys are in this weird little cul-de-sac somewhere, this weird little corner? What are you people talking about? Yeah, this is irrelevant. This is three people standing in a yeah, parking lot. Yeah, kind of. Except, it, it's that. Yeah, yeah except that it's not. I it's mean, not. every day right. we're seeing someone somewhere not wearing a mask or saying something stupid and getting fired the next day. You know, this. <clears throat> here's what this is. Uh, Jimmy the Greek. Remember Jimmy yeah, the Greek? Course. Of course. What did Jimmy the Greek do? I, well, he, he did this famous interview, right? Where he compared, he said that blacks were better athletes for all these years. Makes an incredibly racist remark out of the blue. How many years ago was that? This is almost 25, 30 years right, ago. Right, okay. And then he wants to go on the air that Sunday with CBS Sports and make it right. And they go, you're fired. You're just, you're done, right? Of course, he was a man past his time. He no, was a because he's a man moment. who said something extremely yes. racist on television. Yes. And everybody went in this democracy. The people said, you know what? We don't want this anymore. We don't want it. Now, we all have a little broadcast studio in our hands. We have our little iPhones where any one of us can go on on any given day and make these statements out in public that are akin to what Jimmy the Greek did yes. way yeah. back then, the I, forefather of our racist stuff. I want to put a couple things out there, and, I, and maybe Hannah will comment, because yeah. you're, you're much more of a universalist than me. You're a, <laughs> you're a reporter, but I, I notice a couple of things. One, car culture is, is, is kind of universalist. It's something that's supposed to bring us together. It democratizes. Everybody yes. can go, as we've talked about, Spike, to the open hood of the car. It doesn't matter. Race, creed, color, socioeconomic status. We yes. can all like the same thing. And I think that, that the whole notion of drive tastefully and what Afshin first did 
was to make this this place where everybody was welcome. Yes, there was a little bit of a snob appeal to it, which is what we liked. It wasn't of just course. cargo shorts and <laughs> screwdrivers. So it was demo- it, it, it it just took it to a slightly nicer level, but still it's about everybody's included. Well, of course, and we have to give props to Petrolicious because yes. in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, that was the car site doing mm-hmm. really tasteful, beautiful coverage, beautiful videos, beautiful shots. And they were kind of the first to elevate these like glowing, dreamy photos of your air-cooled Porsche. Right. I mean, truly, it was beautiful content. And Ted Gushu, everybody says he uh, really pioneered yeah, what they did. And, and they do oh. deserve props for doing that completely. Um, and the taste was great, you know. So who... <clears throat> but I think many, that puts an expectation people, on him. Of how course. many of people out there and here were waiting for the guy who runs Petrolicious to weigh in on Black Lives Matter? Well, here's that's here's the, the stupidity difference. part of it for me. Yes. You have a brand that people like. And in this day and age, Afrin is his name? Yeah. What kind of moron? Afshin. Afshin. What kind of moron do you have to be, Afshin, to feel like you need to weigh in on a very provocative subject yeah. that nobody is asking for you to weigh in on? I think that's And you say, the oh, difference. it's a private Facebook page. Yeah. Facebook is a public, you're Forum. broadcasting, you're, whenever you're texting, you're broadcasting in yeah. this day and age. And if you've got a business, like I think of WeatherTech right now. WeatherTech keeps huh. getting called out because they, you know, here's, how, here's my entry point for them. IMSA racing. You know, they, a guy's got a gr- great Porsche collection. What's his name? Um, Mr. Mom Jeans. Mr. Mom Jeans? <laughs> yes, that's the weather tech he, guy. He's always in, like, mom jeans in those. Co- pleated? Right? Yes, exactly. No. Oh, yes, I no. swear to you. But, yeah. you know, Extra here's... Extra comfort. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up his name right now. But, you know, I'm watching uh, these guys on the internet, Sleeping Giant, who kind of hold advertisers accountable for where they advertise. And they have these two white power hours on Fox News, the Ingram Show and the Tucker Carlson Show. It's, just, <laughs> it's what they're white power hours, right? And at a certain point, they're getting in trouble. They get in trouble every week. They're losing all their sponsors because, believe it or not, these companies don't want to advertise believe it or not. on those. Believe it or on not. The, right? Yet. Sleeping Giants one day goes, hey, what the hell's going on with WeatherTech? And I notice it because I'm a car guy. And I go, hey, yeah, maybe it's, guys, tweet it out. Maybe it's time to rethink where you spend your ad money. Just silence. Except a lot of DMs like, no, you don't know this guy. Here, here's his name right here. He's uh, Dave McNeil's diehard uh, Trump guy. He's not going to back off. He's not going to do anything. And you go, all right, well, that's fine. But I'm not going to buy your shit anymore. I'm not going to support you when you're supporting this piece of shit. It's complete nonsense. You're going to be damned if you do and damned if you don't. I want to know more about, let me get, you know, we've digressed here a little bit, but I want to know more. So now Afrin. Afshin. 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 I could use some Afrin right now. That's why I keep saying it because my. And I want to know also about the process internally, how she gets this article done. Hannah. Hold on. Okay. He makes a statement. So he sees this stuff so going on. So it's bubbling up. You know, it's you, bubbling you up. You start to see there's a photographer who, uh, Nikki Byrne, who had worked closely with Petrolicious. She actually puts a post on her social media platform that says she's not going to work. She's taking a stand because of those posts. She's not going to photo for 
Petrolicious anymore. And she had actually emailed Afshin and said, I'm trying to understand why you're putting this stuff up. Let's, can we talk about it? Because I don't get it and I want to have a dialogue with you. And she said, she, I spoke with her. She said that was not successful. So she puts a social media post. I'm not going to work with them anymore. Uh, you know, we've got some alpha guys who put um, on, on Instagram. They don't want to associate with Petrolish anymore. So it starts to bubble up. Then Afshin puts on the Petrolicious main page an apology statement. Mm. That's, that's yes, long and that right gets here. a lot of attention. Yes. This was June 30th, I believe. But I'm wasn't looking- this from what I understand because I hear things. Before he apologized, he initially had a meeting at the company where yes. he doubled down on his comments and he basically said, my company, I do what the fuck I want, fuck everybody. That's, that's correct. And I asked him to confirm that and he said that was right. And then, but his apology isn't then, really an apology, Zuckerman. It's hollow. It's, it doesn't say the right things. He talks about his poorly worded statements <laughs> on, <laughs> on social media. It's what? like saying, Mike, go Do fuck be- your mother. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> My, poorly worded. I, I said that the wrong way. <laughs> that sounds like your defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a poorly worded statement while well, you're off, my friend. When I said your mother go fuck herself. Um but yeah, I'm looking through it and it is long, but it doesn't quite address He's trying you know, he's trying again, most people aren't writers like yourself and well, don't know how to arrange words in a way that are but effective. But he does own a media company. I know, but I'm. Go. You would uh, think sincerity that. is so his, not necessarily a matter of of being able of to write. Education. It's <laughs> not. Yes. It's not sincerity. He just doesn't hit the mark for the. He doesn't acknowledge what he did wrong, ah, which is his yes, views. Sincerity. <laughs> his <laughs> reviews were racist, and I shouldn't have written this thing. And I'm going to yeah. step back or whatever. Whatever the hell it is, it's. It seems like it's a standard letter that he could have Googled at this point. So yeah, the, there, but it doesn't work. Is my a point difference right? Between saying. I'm sorry your feelings got hurt yeah. about yes. what I said and saying, I'm deeply sorry for what I said and I yes. recognize. Right, right. It's two yes. slightly different things. Well, so, very, very different, yeah. particularly for anyone who's been to therapy. Yes. It's a very, particularly like couples therapy yes. and all of that. Yes, two different you, things. Two different things. So he <clears throat> apologizes. Sort of. N- nobody buys it. Jalopnik yeah. picks it up. They're like the guy who runs Petrolicious has made some said some racist things. Yeah. They have an article about it, and then you know where do you jump in so at this point? I, has he already resigned? I had, or no? Uh, I had started doing some phone calls before he posted that apology. Right. Uh, I got on the phone. I talked to Ted. Um, I talked to somebody who was thinking about buying the company. I talked to Nikki Byrne, the photographer, and a few other ex-employees. I talked to a couple of freelancers who had yet to be paid for their freelance work. Um, And so I had what was becoming a story. um, And I really explained it to my editor, like, look, this is part of the car world. Maybe it seems like a niche thing to the broader audience of normal people who aren't car obsessed, but the car world is made up of exactly this which is little niche tribes that form a bigger tribe that's what this is and this is a very influential part of it um so we started working on that story i i called afshin um i asked him about the apology statement and i asked him about a bunch of other things you know the fact that people weren't being paid the fact that um people claimed they were mistreated uh that sort of thing and he was 
pretty forthright about it. Um, and he mentioned at that time, too, that he was going to step down uh, from the company and he, sell it. It sounds like he was um, upset with himself. It sounds like yeah. he was he you realized know, he'd really stepped in. He it. realized he messed up big mm-hmm. time. And uh, multiple people told me, you, you know, this company was really a hobby for Afshin and Kika, mm-hmm. his wife. It was never meant to be a business, really, and they didn't run it like a business. And I think that was part of the problem. You know, this is someone who's very wealthy, who has the means to put a lot of money into a passion project because, you know, he loves vintage Alfa Romeos. That's how this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. He came from the software uh, tech startup background. So this was a passion project for him. It, it, It was kind of a company, but I'm not convinced it ever made money. Um, right, and right. Afshin declined to verify that. With <clears throat> but it has so, an audience. Yeah, it has that, an audience. If people sure. are going to it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought I read like two or three hundred thousand unique subscriptions. Yeah, and, in 2015. In 2015. Um, and I think that, from what I can tell, uh, that was probably the high point. Right. You know, a, a lot. That's of guys right around I the time to... they made that GTO video, the 250 GTO, <laughs> which I consider the high point. For Petrolicious. I any- think it might have fallen off in, in recent years. I mean, how often did you guys wake up in the morning and check right. Petrolicious.com as the first thing? It stopped. And I have to say, yeah. I, and let me make clear that I've had encounters with Afshin. I've seen him maybe a dozen times in my life. Every encounter was friendly. Of course. Yeah. Every time I met with him, it was nice. We spoke. We chit-chatted a little bit. Uh, and and so there was nothing overt about like I it's it's incongruous that that it, it, the public man I saw was very different yes. than the internet man, which is not unusual, unfortunately, that we that people feel. Free I used to, to have a friendly relationship with Roger Ailes, so I know what you mean. Yeah, wow. and then, uh, yeah. And then um, <laughs> you want to hear about a statement like that? Yes, it's weird, huh? <laughs> hey, how you doing, Roger? Good yeah, to see so, you. Yeah, <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm going to say that I, I must have met Ted around 2013. And when I, the first time I met him, I just didn't get it. But then I didn't get anything about Instagram, right? You had to open, you had to set my first Instagram up, remember? Yeah, right. I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, who's this kid? Why is he walking around with a camera? And, and what's he talking about? I did not give him a lot of, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't give a credence. And, and over the years, he's really impressed me. And I think that maybe he also, with his departure, a certain amount of yes. um, the driving force left that I agree company. With that. I agree with that. And I, I you know, I think uh, for a time they were really a leader and it's fallen off a bit and it had in a few years. And, you know, Afshin told me he had been trying to sell for the past year. So the, the stepping down, he said, was prompted by this whole scandal. But the company right. had been sell for sale for the past 12 months. So, he, Which I think is an indicator to what you're talking he's about. He's stepping down. Yeah. Who's running it now? What is it doing? That's unclear. Um, <clears throat> it's unclear. I, I spoke with his number two guy named Cheyenne, who, uh, you know, said it's it's very unclear about the future of the company. It's unclear who's still employed at Petrolicious, who isn't employed with Petrolicious. Um there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of opaqueness right now. Right. Um and and you there know, seems I, to be some sentiment out there too about do we now want to reward this guy by buying his company <laughs> right <laughs> stepping down you know, as well. If someone you know, could really scoop it up for let's hope pennies on the dollar it, what, and buy the YouTube audience, 
and completely gut it and bring it back <laughs> to something well, else. This is, this is yes, our, this this is our move, Ferriston. There you go. I will be honest with you. I've talked to people about it years ago and tried to wrap my head around it years ago thinking about it, but wondered, you know, isn't their best case scenario bring a trailer at this point? You know, oh, man. They're... Hearst. I don't, like you said, I don't go there every day, nor do I think to go there any day because they don't really do it. You know, I'm, I'm over the beautiful videos. Right. I've seen it. You have to evolve from there. And they're not selling cars or at least as many cars as Bring a Trailer That's is That's also doing. unclear. The last <clears> listing <throat> I saw on their... Um on their marketplace was right. 20, 2019. So yeah. That's also, yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know how you would monetize it in a significant way where you'd go, oh, well, this is totally worth it at this point, right? That's, right. That, that's where I kind of ended my kind of consideration. Not that I was going to be buying it, but I was talking to some people and thinking about what could you do with it. Um, I don't know. I, never, I never came up I mean, with the idea. There's brand, massive brand recognition. Um, right. There's a YouTube channel. Yeah. You could somehow organize yeah you could get you could get 10 cent checks all week no you know i've heard everything from 10 million dollars to five million (laughs) dollars to two million dollars it and and i've talked with multiple people i can't Um, imagine it's worth that much money uh, i really can't you said to me 200 grand i'd say hmm Maybe. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? <clears throat> yeah, spending for two hundred grand. Okay. Okay, but yeah. definitely five. I would take five million dollars and buy what? Air. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, now you're. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. It's, you gotta now invest work. also in content. And it's yeah, possible major too turnaround. that you know the price being asked is reflective of a 2015 level of influence and yes. clout, and does not reflect the the past month's events, and I think that is really. Wiped yeah, out. maybe. I mean, it, it has. There's no. There are no sponsors left associated with it, from what I can tell. Right. I mean, Turtle Wax, Chopard, yeah, Haggerty, <laughs> uh, Porsche all have all said we'll never work with them again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, for Porsche to say that, uh, it's Oof. pretty major. Well, if they That's have a lot to, of money. They, they have to, yeah. and uh, you know, I would guess that you know the, our friends at WeatherTech are about to face the same fate at yeah. some point because they're look. Look what happened to Tucker Carlson's head writer last week. I know. You know, posting openly racist stuff under an anonymous name, and then they find out it's him. His head writer, and he pretends. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Crazy. Oh, really? It's crazy. Because I the mean, thoughts he's communicating privately, he was writing into the show very covertly, mm-hmm. just with, with not as openly. And this well, is a guy he's working with every day, and they don't know the game. Please. You know what the scary thing is when people say it's okay to have those thoughts privately, just don't share them publicly (laughs) as if that makes them okay to have. I mean, you shouldn't be having these thoughts, whether they're private or public. I I don't look, I I don't disagree with that. And I'll tell you why, because I think people need to get honest with themselves about what they really believe. And I think they have to give voice to these racist thoughts that we all have because we all have them if we examine closely and i think that's where you begin to change and you and i talked about that too it's like we've got to leave room for people to go you know what i fucked up and you know what i am a little racist and you know what i gotta look at that no better do better right that's that's what oprah says (laughs) because we're not going to get anywhere if we just hang everybody (laughs) who makes racist statements or put them in the town square we have to teach them to not be, to be. Yeah, yeah we have to, to show the, them. We have to say we're in transition. 
Okay, right. I've, done, I've said, I'm sure I've said fucked up shit about a, a hundred different things I shouldn't have said in yes. my life. And I'm in evolution <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in transition. And, but well, look what, at all the words we used to use in high school. <clears throat> towards the gay community or the things you'd say about women. It's like culture changes and we change along with it. And right. sometimes humans lag behind the culture, but you got to get there well, and you got to find a way used to say, I, well, we used to say that all the time, those words. And right. I would say, and yeah, now you don't. It, right. Yeah. But now you know you better don't. now. So we're right. going to change where people. You, there's <clears throat> your beliefs, which you keep inside. And then there's reality, and the and the area in between can be a land of denial or transition. Yes, and, and <clears throat> but I think keep your racist beliefs to yourself. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I have to disagree it, with that. I think I it's mean, important. Come come on. On. Yeah. You know, I agree with it. Keep <laughs> them to yourself. We don't want if you if you put this stuff out there, you better be retired and self sufficient because you're not going to work anymore. Just know that you should work on it too. You, should you know work what's on crazy to me? Never... Speaking of the fact that it took until this year to ban Confederate flags. At NASCAR. Yes. That's another thing that I'm just. Well, history. Shocked. I mean, I, I just don't think people are educated enough. And people to don't realize they don't understand. Flag, you know, waving in the stands. At yeah, a public, I know. We would never be OK with the Confederate flag <clears throat> at, at a, a Bulls game, a Chicago Bulls game or a Lakers game. I know. But didn't you stands. just go, well, oh, that's the NASCAR crowd. That's just As who they are. As if that makes it OK. It, yeah, like in Germany, mean, if they had a swastika yes, flag. At we their, would, at their, no one <laughs> would put up. And it literally was, was last month that they finally outlawed and it. And I'll tell I you why I think it was OK. Because you didn't have the guy, you didn't have a white supremacist in the White House. You didn't have a guy with a large bullhorn who was able to, to make it, you know, and that's really, these people feel emboldened right now to come out and I think be openly racist because they've got someone they feel will protect them in the moment. And then reality intrudes and goes, no, 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 <laughs> we're yeah. still here. Society's still here and we're going to shut you down. And I think that's why it's happening right now over and over and over again. So the, the heat is turned up on everybody because of the White House situation. Yeah. Once that goes away and there's a reasonable human there, whoever that might be, who goes, this is not what America is about. All men are created equal. Perhaps you've heard of these things. All, all humans. <laughs> all humans. All men yes, and all women. Men and women, right. <laughs> and that needs to be changed as well. Yeah. But yes. Then I think it's going to be a, a, a lot quieter than it is right now, rather than having a guy just stoking racial discord in this country. Gas in the fire every day. Yeah. I'm excited that we're going through this, as weird as it sounds, because, like you say, this is a transition. This is painful work and growth, and it's, hey, if it's going to be out there, let's get it all out there. Let's yes. get it all out there. Let's find in our own hearts the corners of... Uh, darkness that we need to, to yes. grow from. And let's give. Uh, so hey, it's let's do it. Let's do the let's work. Let's give Afshin the opportunity to change. And yeah, and absolutely. you know, I I will say when I spoke with him, it was not combative at all. I read him comments and statements that people had told me, and I said, right. I just want to give you a respond a, a chance to respond. And he he was not defensive. Uh, he didn't deny anything he said. He, right. He did try to justify it. Um, some of the it's, things perhaps aren't justifiable, but uh, he he was not antagonistic. <laughs> Is he still part of the private uh, clubhouse of ultra right wing racist guys on Facebook? Does that page still exist? Can you join? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know about that. I didn't ask that. Look, there's so look. I got to tell you, and you probably know this, and Zuckerman, you do too. And then we're gonna get on with this Bronco interview. But there's so many other guys like this. 
I, 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 was, I remember being at Pebble Beach, and I don't remember who it is, and I'm glad I don't remember, but they said, you got to get on so-and-so's newsletter. And I'm like, why? And he goes, you wouldn't believe the stuff he writes about, you know. And it was just like, God, that guy? Yeah. And it's, he's sending yeah. that out to a newsletter? of I mean, what? You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of painful change. Yeah, in, I think in the car community, and I agree, it's nice. I don't know. I'm I'm really happy that it's coming from the younger generation. And it them. has to. Right. I mean, if it's look, because for a long time the car community has been kind of a good old boys club. Hey, look, and it's changing. I, I'll call out the Peterson Museum right now. Where are there people <laughs> of color or women on any of their boards, mm-hmm. on any of their panels, on any of their anything? It's literally white men and i love white men but come on like that doesn't reflect right. los angeles that doesn't reflect car culture we at gotta all. get it's willie bo- t ribs also, on that board boring. that's what yeah. we gotta do it's completely and, boring and, and stale some of the lowrider guys right i mean i will credit Peterson with having lowriders lowrider stuff there but there have been times i that Communities in the car world have been seriously looked down upon because of association with you know, people, certain people liked uh, low riders or other kind of cars or whatever. And, and it was like, oh, that group, the, mm-hmm. that group of guys, we don't deal with them. Yeah. They're not good guys. They're bad guys. That's wrong, too. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Hey, we're all part of it. All right. Yeah. Well, there's the a new world. Bronco, ladies and gentlemen. Um, starts under $30,000. It gets a little pricey. Um, I have a question about that. The pictures are up. Go ahead. Bronco or Defender? New Defender. I'm in the middle of that mess right now. You've got a two-door Bronco. You've got a four-door version. You've got pictures all over the internet. Maybe we can tie you between a Bronco and a Defender and drive in opposite directions (laughs) and see which way you get pulled. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, truck is probably one of the most anticipated uh, vehicles, I think, that's been around for a while. Last week, Ford called me up and said, do you want to talk to the guy who designed it? His name is Dave Parakek, and here's our interview. And I will say this, not Ipecac, Zuckerman, Parakek. I used a new interface, uh, Cisco WebEx. And so there's, hopefully the audio is better. And if it is, let me know if it's a lot better than the Zoom interviews. All right, here is Dave Parakek. <laughs> Dave, you're there. Yeah, I had a hard time getting in. That's all right. Um, let me make sure we're recording here. Um, I'm using a new uh, interface. Zoom uh, makes everyone sound like they're in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> you sound pretty good so far. Good. Okay, good. Uh, where are you calling us from? Uh, Michigan. From Michigan. What's it like in Michigan right now? It's very hot in Michigan right now. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of different reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is the uh, the new Bronco has broken cover. It and, has. Uh, this is your baby. You're you're really the guy at Ford who oversees all the cool stuff, the icon cars like the Mustang GT, the Bronco, and the Ford GT. Is it fair to say you're the uh, you're the Andreas Pruninger? Of Ford, <laughs> I don't know if I can claim that, but uh, I do think it's pretty cool that uh, that I get to deal with all these really fantastic and special products for sure. And and you're you're an engineer. Are you in on the designing of them? I am. Yeah. So I am an engineer, and I do uh, very heavily involved in the designing of them. Not only the aesthetics, uh, but also all the mechanics behind them as well. So, um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a really cool job. Well, uh, we're here today to talk about the Ford Bronco, one of uh, probably one of the most anticipated uh, vehicles of what, maybe the last three or four years. When did you announce this? Oh, I don't know, Dan. I don't know. Did you know when we actually announced it? Uh, it, it was a yeah. Somebody... We announced we announced we were bringing Bronco back uh, January twenty seventeen. Wow, we've yeah. got another guy here. This is fantastic. So, twenty seventeen at the Detroit Auto Show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and your last Bronco that you made was nineteen ninety six. I'm reading here because I'm I'm going I'm going through an article I found, which is everything we know so far about the ford bronco <laughs> <laughs> and now we have the guy who can answer all of our questions i hope um because uh, we're a few days after the big debut which was uh on the 13th of july um all right well let's just start with um how did you approach remaking the bronco because it's a very it's a very interesting uh creative concept isn't it to have uh, a, a truck that you've loved that's very iconic i happen to be a fan of the older ones to 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 design something new that uh i don't know makes you emotional about the old truck yet i would guess has to be a, a totally new design and kind of pushes the whole bronco design forward it's a pretty difficult design how did you approach making this new truck yeah, I mean, it's it's really uh, a great question you're asking, and it is it is extremely difficult when you're trying to not live in the past, but leverage your history and uh, and celebrate, you know, those things that everyone did uh, fall in love with and what made it iconic. But then, as you say, you know, bring it into the future and make sure that you're bringing the latest technology and and uh, a lot of the latest uh, design cues, you know, that that are going to resonate with today's customers. And so it's a it's a daunting task actually to find that balance. Um, I believe we have done that. Um, you know, you'll see when you look at it, you've seen it, right? We unveiled it, so you've seen it. And it has a lot of the design cues of the old, but clearly in a modernized new way. And I think that when you see how we addressed a lot of the user experience with the truck and how we've integrated that new technology, but still staying true to the roots of what a Bronco is, that's really the magic behind the machine. Yeah. How do you design emotion? What are the what are the pieces in there that I'm going to look at? Because you know, you know, just to be straight with the audience right now, we're recording this before the 13th reveal, and I've been holding on to this interview until today, so I haven't quite seen it. So when I sit into it behind the wheel of this truck, what am I going to see that's going to make me go, "Wow, I remember this." Well, when you first see its exterior you're going to say, wow, I remember this because it has a lot of design cues, starting with the, the, the iconic grill uh, and in, in some of the, the surface language that's going on on the fenders and things like that, that you're, it's going to really resonate with you that this is a Bronco. You won't, there's no question in your mind as to whether or not it's a Bronco, but it's, it's done in a very modern way. It's not looking at this from a retro perspective, but it is very cool, very modern. Um, yet so familiar to you. So you'll know it's a Bronco and your heart's going to start to pound as soon as you see the exterior. As you climb on the interior, um, you know, you're going to have that, that um, very familiar feel of a, of a very rectangular kind of uh, instrument panel in front of you. Um, but it's going to, you know, so it'll look and feel like, like the old Broncos that you mentioned that you like. 
but you're going to all of a sudden start to see how the integration of the technology has really come in and really mi mixed quite well. So whether it's the 12 inch uh, screen in the center that, that carries our latest sync system and all of the, the great technology that comes with that, or whether it's the, we call them hero switches, but a lot of the switches that you see up on the instrument panel or even on the steering wheel that are actually not normal switches, they're, they're actually covered in a, in, a, in, a, in a rubber so that they are water resistant because we know that people are going to get in and out of their Broncos after having gone through mud and water and all kind of stuff. We've got marine grade vinyl on the interior so that that's water resistant as well. So you're going to see this, um, this mixture of the, the new and the old in a way, again, that looks very familiar, but very fresh. And I guess that's why you're saying that it's a, a no compromise midsize four by four utility for thrill seekers who want to it venture is. way beyond the city. <laughs> well, I think that's what's special about the Bronco. You know, a lot of people say, hey, aren't there too many SUVs in the market or why, why is now the right time? Look, SUVs are the most popular. I mean, look in 2019, SUV sales were the highest they've ever been. This is what people want. But what we're bringing to market is something fresh and new and a way to raise that chinning bar and really show you what off-road adventure is all about and breaking through those barriers and getting out into the wild and doing whatever you want to do. The Bronco's ready to do it. I mean, the original code name for the Bronco, you may know this if you're looking up your facts there, that it was codenamed GOAT or goes over any terrain. And that was back in 1966. Wow. Yeah, that was the vision for it. And it really set the chinning bar as to what SUV off-road vehicles should be. And today, when you look at the new one, we actually have uh, several modes and drive modes in the vehicle that we call GOAT modes. And uh, we call them GOAT modes because the, the suspension <laughs> system and, and all of the systems in the vehicle have been set up to be able to take you anywhere from rock crawling to mud to sand, uh, you know, high-speed uh, off-road running. And, uh, and this vehicle is going to do it all for you. And so... Okay, so I'm your customer right now. I'm a guy who's driving a Range Rover Sport, and I have a 12-year-old uh, son and a 10-year-old son who now want an off-roader that we can throw a rack on and throw our canoe on it and go out and go canoeing. <laughs> what When I go to the site, like which I'm guessing the site is live right now, right? I think you can make a $100 deposit. You can, yeah. Okay, yep. and that what does that get you, first of all? Does that get you a spot? Does that guarantee you a truck or uh, the opportunity down the line to possibly get a truck? Well, it gets you a reservation. You're going to have to complete the uh, actually getting the, the truck and, and closing the deal with, with a dealer. But okay. it does get you in line to, to, uh, to, to have a reservation to be able to get a truck for sure. And, we, and, and I can do that right now after this interview. Yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. You're going to want to do that because because you told me you want to go canoeing, and I, we've got some solutions for you, pal. Yeah, that's what, well, again, because we're in the future, and I'm, yet I haven't seen uh, your site yet. Is there something there now? Like, like, what are the different variations? Let's start with, you know, your build your own. Well, what are the engines? What are my uh, engines uh, that I can get for this? Is that how it starts? Or are there, are there two doors and four doors offered? What do you say? Let, yeah, let's start at a little bit higher level around the, the family of Broncos that we've introduced now. So okay. in the past, the Bronco only came in a two-door version. But for the first time now, we're introducing a four-door version into the Bronco lineup, something that we know our customers are going to want. People want four doors. Uh, now, we obviously wouldn't have brought the Bronco back without doing a two-door, and the two-door is super cool. But we know that there's a lot of people that are going to want a four-door. So for the first time ever, there is a four-door Bronco now. 
that would be your full-size Bronco um, offer both in two and four-door. And as part of the family, though, we're also introducing the Bronco Sport. And so the Bronco Sport is a little bit smaller version, uh, but it is uh, as off-road capable as all of the Broncos. It has to be, otherwise it wouldn't be a Bronco. Four by four is standard on all of our Broncos, including the Bronco Sport. Um, and the Bronco Sport, while not being a body-on-frame vehicle, it's a unibody, is extremely capable off-road. And I think we're going to surprise a lot of people with that product uh, as, as well as the others. And so that's, at the high level, some choices that you have to start with. Okay. Engines? Yeah. So on the two-door and four-door versions of the Bronco, you get a choice of a 2.3-liter or a 2.7-liter EcoBoost engine. So 2.3 being a four-cylinder and 2.7 being a six-cylinder. Mm-hmm. The six-cylinder has uh, about 310 horsepower and 400 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, you do have a choice of transmission between manual and auto. Uh, the manual transmission comes with a 2.3-liter only, and it is basically a seven-speed, but it's really six six plus one, meaning the, the plus one is the crawler gear. Okay. So that's going to really allow you to to uh, traverse all of the, the rocks that you're going to you're going to encounter as you're getting to your stream or you're going to commute. And where um, where have we seen this motor in the Ford lineup, if anywhere? Is it in a, an F-150? Is it is it available anywhere else, or is this brand new? Yeah, no, these, these engines um, are in other products, for sure. Um, I'd have to check exactly where. I don't want to misquote where they're residing currently uh, in some of the other products. But, yes, these are not brand new motors, but they are motors that are proven and, uh, and that we know are very uh, durable uh, and will do a great job in the Bronco. Um, you have a 10-speed automatic transmission that you can also select. Mm-hmm. And that's available on both 2.3 and 2.7 liter. Um, and then we've got two different transfer cases. So you can either have your uh, electronic shift on the fly, or you can move up to an electromechanical transfer case, uh, which allows you to, to fully lock your axles and, and, uh, and, and really get the most uh, out of it. So there's, there's tons and tons of options here as we go forward on, on how you might want to fit your Bronco. Uh, from a chassis perspective, you've got independent rear suspension up or in, independent front suspension and a five-link rear suspension. And that independent front suspension is really important because, uh, as I said earlier, this is going to be anything from a rock crawler to a very high-speed off-road capable product. And when you're going high-speed off-road, you really don't want a solid front axle up front. You really do want that independent front suspension. Um, but we haven't compromised our, our rock crawling ability. We, uh, the vehicle is extremely capable at rock crawling. And to that point, you know, we've got really cool technology spike on some of this stuff. Like, for instance, we have a, a uh, stabilizer bar disconnect. So let's say you're, you're traversing some pretty rough ground and you want to get a little more articulation out of your suspension. You can push a button. It'll disconnect that stabilizer bar, allow the suspension to articulate more. And then once you get through the terrain that you're going through, you start to come up to speed. The system is very smart. It'll reconnect the stabilizer bar for you and give you that stability. Wow. This is great. What about now canoe racks? Did I did All I right, canoe so racks anywhere? I'm glad you brought that up. So um, I want to talk to you about the open air and some of the cool things that we've done. But before we get there, okay, uh, yes, clearly uh, roof racks on the Bronco will have plenty for you to choose from. But why why I wanted to talk to you about the canoeing is because if when you see the design, uh, you will see that on the hood up front in the corners, mm-hmm. there, are, there are two um, features, uh, one on each side, obviously, that have uh, we, they're trail sites, so they actually help mark the corner of the vehicle as you're going through trails, but they're not just trail sites. 
we actually made them tie downs for things like canoes. So they are, ah. they are structural. They're not just, um, you know, they're for aesthetics. They are actually structural to where you can tie your canoe down and put a load on them and, and, and really, um, you know, bring your canoe with you wherever you want to go. So that's just one example of where we've really thought through how people are going to use this machine and really giving them the honest tie downs and things like that versus having people tying the stuff that they shouldn't be tying to. Wow. Yeah. Very useful. I don't want to have to work. I just want to, I want to have the tie, the ropes, and then just tie it right to the truck and get moving. Now, exactly. it begs the question now, you know, because I like high performance things. Is there going to be an ST version? Is there going to be an R version? Well, listen, we are right now just talking about the three, the three vehicle lineup. Um, so that's all. You know, I don't speculate on future products. You're laughing tells me everything I need to know, because you know you want to see this thing out in Baja, don't you? You want to see this? I would imagine everybody's champing at the bit now to turn this into an off-road racer. Oh, absolutely. We expect that people will will absolutely be doing that. And in fact, we as a company already ran it in Baja. And we'll be doing more of that and even inclusive of King of the Hammer. So we're, you know, we're engaging with that as well as a company. But yeah, clearly our customers are going to be, be doing that for sure. <clears throat> wow. Well, this is amazing. Um, I'm excited about this because, you know, I think, you know, my feeling is it, the, the, the Land Rover Defender was the first guy to get out there. And, you know, they're kind of in the same boat. But. You know that those those trucks are hard to get right now, and and they stopped making them. And this is, uh, you know, these are two iconic vehicles from the past that I love now coming out side by side. And I think it's going to make a lot of people stop and think. And you know, what do I get? Right? You know, it's I, uh, it, it's a really tough choice. And uh, they're both such beautiful beautiful vehicles. But that Bronco. You know, the Bronco just really stands out. Um, it's just set so iconic and so beautiful. And I, I think you guys really nailed the exterior design of the truck. Um, how many are you going to make? You must be getting ready to make a ton of these things. As many as we can. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one of the things that, um, that I, that I want to make sure your listeners, you know, um, understand is, is so this truck is not only beautiful on the exterior, and I appreciate your comments on that, but it really is going to be so useful. You, you know, you said yourself, I don't want to have to work. I just want to go ahead. When, right. Let's just talk about, you know, taking the doors off, for instance. So clearly everyone expects the doors are going to come off and they do, but they come off in such an easy way. We've thought through how easy it is to get them off, uh, to unbolt them, how easy it is to make your electrical disconnect so that you're, you know, because you've got switches and things in the doors, right? And you got to make right, electrical. Right. So how easy we've made that. The doors are frameless. So that you don't have that metal frame that the glass would tuck into up, you know, top. And the right. reason that we did that, check this out, Spike. So this is nothing that the competition can do. On a four-door Bronco, you can decide in the morning that you want your doors off. And you can now store them on board in the back of the Bronco and take them with you. So that if um, you get to your location and now you need to put them back on, they're with you and you put them on. You no longer have wow. to make that decision. Yeah. Of leaving them That's at home. That's great. Yeah, or chaining them to a tree or whatever people do because they can't bring their doors with them. Well, I want to know how that. I want to know how that works. So I get in in the morning, and I, the kids and I say, you know what? Let's take the doors off the Bronco. So yep. talk me through how I take one of my doors off. So yeah, so what you're going to do is you you roll your window down. So now yep. when the glass goes down, now the only thing you're left with is your actual door body. You don't really have that big hoop over the top anymore. 
Okay. Now, now you're going to take a bag that we that we have for you, and you're going to slide it over that door. You're going to remove some bolts. Uh, very simple though to remove your bolts. And then we've got this really cool quick disconnect electrical connector that when you disconnect it, there's a little door that also closes and seals it off so that dust and, and grime and whatnot doesn't get into what's left on the body of the car. And then you literally take this bag now and we've molded in even a handle on the bottom side of the door. And you're literally wow. going to be able to lift this door right off the truck. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to then take that door and you're going to put it in the back of the Bronco. And then you're going to do that three more times, obviously. And you're going to have all four doors now behind you and your children as you guys bomb down the road to go wherever you're going. And then right. and and so they, stack, they stack up neatly like uh, church chairs almost, you're saying. They do. That's correct. And it's very much like an old Porsche Targa. I have an 82 Targa, and the front boot is designed to take that top, and you put it in the front, and that's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to leave stuff in the garage. You want to bring it with you so you can use it when you need to use it. Exactly. And then here's the other cool thing. Well, that's since, an nifty since trick. You're, since you're with your kids, and you obviously want to keep them safe, when you take your doors off, your mirrors, your side mirrors, okay. stay on the truck. They don't go with the doors. Uh, so yeah. now you still can see behind you when your doors are off. And if you look at the competition, when you take the doors off, the mirrors go with them. Right. So, so there's just a lot of us thinking through how you're gonna do this. Now- well, That's pretty slick. Yeah, the other thing that we have is we have air curtains, side air curtains in this truck. So even when your doors are off, you've got some protection on the side, if you were to, to have an accident or something, because- we've Up, got up above. Air. Yeah, they're above, yep. And then when we talk about the open air, this is where it gets really cool. You've probably not seen the vehicle without its top on. Um, no. Yeah, well, here's the deal. So you can take, here's, here's the process of getting your top off. You can take a panel that's over the driver's head off and a panel that's over the passenger's head. You can then take the second row panel off. So now you can expose all your occupants now to open air and still keep your back cab on. Wow. Or you can obviously then take the back cab off and you can now open it fully up. Now there's two things to that. One, that back cab that I just mentioned to you is much smaller now and more manageable. If you've taken the, the cab off of some of the competition, it can be unwielding. It's a bit heavy and it's a bit awkward. This is gonna make that whole process a lot easier. And then when you do get it all off, you have nothing obstructing your view. It is wide open. If you look at yeah, yeah if you look at the competition, they will have a what's called a bebo it's a it's a, a steel beam that goes between your two doors from one side of the truck to the other if you're mm -hmm. sitting in the back you're steering right at that beam it's right in your face actually in the bronco none of that exists it's all gone it's wide open wow so That's there's a incredible. lot to this man yeah we've we've spent a lot of time to really think about how to execute this truck in a way that we know is going to make people really enjoy it and make it easy for them to enjoy yeah, and just have fun. Now, it, does it come with a toolkit? When you say that I'm taking some bolts off, is it this? Does. It's this is I can just take my Bronco toolkit and do all of this. Yes, sir. Wow, wow. I think you may have just sold a Bronco. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this is very exciting. I love the way you've thought about all of these little moments because, in truth, you know, and you've driven a lot of vehicles as have I. These little moments matter. When you get into a car and your phone connects with the infotainment system instantly, those are the little moments. When you want to take off your, your doors and you open up your toolkit, I, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't Absolutely. want to be that hero dad, removing <laughs> doors and putting them in sleeves and then loading it up in the back of the truck? Come on, that's the greatest. This, yeah, is, no. uh, this is very exciting. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, we, internal to Ford, we talk about these moments that matter. 
because we understand that these are the things, as you say, that really make it special and make it unique. And and really, at the end of the day, if we can make dad look and feel like a hero, then we've done (laughs) the job. (laughs) Well, you sound like you've done your job. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about the Ford GT, if I might. Okay, go ahead. Part of the application process involved an essay. Are you the man who graded the essays? <laughs> so I was, uh, I was clearly ahead of the team uh, that that had to read all those essays. Oh, you did. Um, how many? But, uh, come on, honestly, how many essays did you read? Hey, I will tell you what. In all honesty, we had people that they were dedicated to do nothing but go through them, watch every video that was submitted, and really put them because. Look, we, we didn't just do that application process uh, willy-nilly. You know, I mean, that was really important that we treated everyone fairly. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that the GTs got into the hands of those that were going to truly honor the vehicle for and, and, and respect it for what it is. And not we didn't want it being flipped, you know, by somebody who just bought it and then turned around and sold it. And we wanted people that were going to show it, people that were going to care for it in the way that it was meant to be cared for and, and drive it. And so we really wanted to make sure to the best of our ability that we got it into the right hands of people. Wow. Well, well, what was the worst essay you remember reading? Oh my God. <laughs> it's been a little while. I don't know, but I will tell you, some of them were pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm sure people were clever and, you know, maybe just wrote 4GT a thousand times on a piece of paper. I'm sure it was like a college essay where well, everybody was trying to get your attention. Oh, they were for sure. And then they were calling to follow up to see if we if we watched it yet. But um, <laughs> it was funny because you had everybody from those who were loyal GT owners and or you know fans for for a very long period of time and and so their essays and videos were obviously pretty easy for them to write and and were pretty Mm -hmm. interesting for us to read or watch and then you had other people who really had no uh nothing to do with the gt ever and they just wanted the new one and you could see it you could see it in their in their desperation you know in their (laughs) video and in their in their letter so um yeah it was fun it was it was fun so um is there any what, what's coming up? What are you working on now? Are there things you're working on now? Anything you can tell us? Some exciting things coming no, down. Oh, Spike, I'm just I'm just <laughs> sitting in my I'm just sitting in my backyard, zeroing at the you know. That's um, it. We've 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 hey, listen, icons, man. We are we're always on fire. We, we're bringing new stuff all the time, and I think the good news is that even in the times of uh, when things get a little tough, even like in the times we're living in now with COVID and some of the challenges that everyone is facing. Um, the company is 100% dedicated to making sure that we've got the right uh, product cycle and that we are bringing the right products, you know, to market. And I, I'm so uh, thankful for working at Ford and and having that level of uh, commitment because it makes my job easy when we have that kind of commitment. But more importantly, it just shows the commitment of the company to our customers that, you know, we're not stopping. I mean, you know, we just unveiled the Mach 1. We've got more news coming on, you know, the Mach-E with the GT version of it. Um, and so there's just just a lot of cool things happening. Well, there you go. And this is the guy to talk to, Dave Perikak. Uh The Broncos, a big hit. Congratulations. I can't wait to get behind the wheel. Uh, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to harass your PR team for a press drive. It was, Do that. Uh, Let me know if you need my help, man. <laughs> and next time you're in L.A. and when we're all vaccinated, come into the studio and uh, we can uh, have you here in person. Love to chat Let's with do you it. again. All right. Let's do it. Nice to meet you, David. Nice to meet you. Thanks. All right, that's all the show we have. Good interview, though, huh? We learned a lot about the Bronco. Yes. 
Are you Love excited it. about the Bronco? I do want one, and I do want a Defender. I want everything. Did you see the Bronco with a hole in the door that you can put your hand through? For what purpose? I don't know. It's <laughs> a weird... Feel the air. Re- to wave re- at people next yes. to you through the door. It does look really cool, though. The way you can just take all the doors off with a single boat using your tool kit and take the roof panels off and just fly around. You know there's a little drain plug? We didn't get to that in the interview. And the bottom, there's a drain plug inside the car so you can hose it out. It's cool. Isn't that, what about, was it Matthew McConaughey's brother? Or yes. Oh, the van? memory, Zuckerman. No, it was Matthew McConaughey. You know this story? No. Talk what about a it? drain hole. Explain. Well, it's a Hollywood legend story that no one knows if it's true or if it's not. But the story goes that Matthew McConaughey was drive, would drive around Hollywood in the early days with a funnel... And a long tube and a hole in the floor so he could drink beer and pee through the funnel and the pee would go out the bottom <laughs> of the van. And you're, you're, yes. you're, you're smiling like you know it's true. <laughs> I'm you're smiling These like you know it's true. One of the stories you would hear wow. when you first moved to L.A. If and you go, anyone, you know about Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he seems like the type. Yeah. I mean, exactly. in, in his day. Yeah. The in other one day. you would hear is, well, you know, keep your girlfriend away from James Woods. I go, I would go, the actor? He goes, yeah. He's after all the young girls. That was another that was story true too. you would hear. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I mean, or is if that was not. wrong? Huh? Is that wrong? To you do know, that? The way he did man? it? Yeah, he oh, was really oh, old. It's more, all in context, okay, right? Okay, more about the bedside <laughs> manner. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That I mean, you got to give him a fair shot. Yeah. Polly Shore was another one. You got to watch your girls around Polly Shore. <laughs> well, that one I could see. Yeah. That was fun. So let's just say the Matthew McConaughey. Rumor is true. Let's have him on the show to either confirm oh, yes. or deny. You know, we did. Didn't we have Rooster? You had his brother. You had Rooster. You had his brother. And didn't he confirm it? Yes. He did. So it yeah. is true. Rooster was on the show. And, confir- and, and I think that van still exists. They have it, right? Yes. It's a show that, that must have been show number 11 out of 160 some odd. It could be. Yeah. That long that I don't even remember it. Well, anyway. Ferris Hannah, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thank and, you. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for writing this article. Um, important stuff. Yeah, it's important. And uh, Afshin, thank you for letting me call you Afrin. Two or three times. <laughs> and I can't say Epicac, but you can say Afrin. You cut my Epicac. You understand comments. how it works now? Yeah. <laughs> I can do whatever I want on Spike's Car Radio, and you can't. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. I think we have David Gooding next week who's going to tell us about the auction biz, but I might be wrong about that. It might be in two weeks. Uh, If not, uh, be happy, be healthy, wear your damn mask. Uh, If you're in town, come buy our cars and coffee on Sunday, 8 to 10 at the Malibu Country Kitchen. Uh, Just don't expect any food because Bill doesn't know how to monetize it yet. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. 
That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.